Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. We're back here for another week of Vikings analysis, and the Vikings did it again. Uh, I'm here with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, startribune.com, longtime NFL insider and uh, Vikings reporter, uh, Hall of Fame voter. He's back as well. Mark, uh, what do you think of this team? I mean, if, if uh, you haven't... Uh, had to be resuscitated in the press box after watching these guys thinking, what am I, what am I going to do getting to getting to meet, meet my deadline with these cardiac kids? What would you think? Yeah. 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 We hope that the Cowboys game doesn't go the same way because it's a seven twenty start. So yeah, Zip, as he's walking out of the out of his press conference, he looked at me and he said, I'm worn out. And I can imagine everyone sitting at home is kind of worn out from how, you know, back to back weeks like this, you've, you've had a, a lead that was, you know, seem like there's no way you can blow it. You blow it, and then you come back and you and you win the game. So it's uh, you know, they're back to three and three. Uh, uh, people, the Zimmer haters probably don't like it, but uh, you know, they get now they get a week to kind of get some guys healthy. Uh, you know, then they got the Cowboys, and I, you know, I look at that game, that Cowboys game, but you know, where it's played and when it's played. I mean, that that's gonna be a lot of le- electricity in that that building. It's going to be help the Vikings, I think. Uh, so I wouldn't just uh, – I know we're penciling in wins and losses down the road here, but I wouldn't count that as a loss just yet. You know, it's it's funny you talk about the way the Vikings have played the last several weeks, most of the weeks this year, you know, uh, having leads and, and uh, 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 coming back and getting it back and giving it up and getting it back. And it's kind of been the way the NFL has been. I mean, there's been so many overtime games and there's been so many – games that uh, have come down the wire. I mean, last night we saw on Monday night the uh, uh, Bills and uh, uh, the Tennessee Titans do it as well, it, and Sunday night's more of the same. I don't know. Maybe they said, okay, we got to get the fans back and welcome them back. We're yeah. Crazy game. Well, yeah, then they're, they're doing a good job with it. I mean, it's uh, uh, as close as this league has always been, this is the, the closest I've seen games, you know, every single week. And I think I had to count last week, and I wrote a story about just uh, all the games that have been decided in the last minute or overtime. I think we're up to like 22 now, and there's been eight overtime games, I believe, in six weeks, uh, if not a couple more. Um, yeah, it's been exciting. It's uh, it's not the most stellar play. You look at the Vikings. I mean, they never should have been involved in a situation like this against the Lions at home or against a Panthers team that was you – know, uh, Sam Darnold looked as as bad as you can look at playing quarterback, uh, and somehow he puts together a ninety six yard drive, uh, you know, to to tie the game with the two point conversion, uh, converting a fourth and ten from his four yard line. Um, you know, you just it's almost like it's a movie that uh, you wouldn't believe if you were watching it. So, you know, it's not the greatest play in the world, but it is exciting. It's fun to watch. I'll make you explain that one in, in a little bit later because I still don't understand it. But uh, I'm, I'm just glad that I'm not in the press box like you are because with all this, I'd probably be dead by this point. But uh, anyway, uh, let's start in. Uh, Kirk Cousins was was the man of the hour on Sunday. Uh, he, he put him in position twice to win this thing, and the second time he came through, he was 33 of 48 for 373 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And a one-one two-point-six QB rating. He's been lights out the last couple of weeks, and and uh, you know, I said last week, you know, the the 
Kirkhagers are going to have to to rethink things. They're going to have to find another uh, uh, punching bag because he he has played great this year. He has made comebacks when we didn't even think this was part of his his uh, arsenal. You know, uh, late game comebacks, and he has. Uh, been everything you want him to be in that position now has he put anybody away yet no but i don't care he's gotten the win the last two weeks and that's that's been great to get him back through to three and three well i mean he's done it not only has he done it four times in six weeks in two of those four weeks he's done it twice in cincinnati he led him back to the game tying field goal to send it into overtime he's moving him down the field when dalvin on fumbles in this game it's the reverse. He he moved him. He had he had what forty two seconds left uh, to move him into position for a game tie, game winning field goal. He, they missed that one. Goes to overtime. They, they get the coin toss, and then he leads them down, and they score the touchdown to win the game. They don't even put it in the kicker's foot again. So, you know, four times or he's done six times in six weeks in four of those games. You know, it's just this is exactly what. You're this is exactly what you want whenever you go out and you now it's been a while. It's been a long time coming. Um, and I see, I, you know, there's times where I see both sets of the, both sides of the Kirk cousins fight. Uh, and I always, I, I, I know I'm down the middle because when he plays well and I write that he plays well, I get ripped by the people who don't like him. Whenever he doesn't play well. And I say that you get ripped by the, the people who do like him. So um, he right now in this season, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He's got the arm to do it, um, to make all these throws. The question was, would he have the time? And I know the offensive line is not perfect, but you don't do these things that he's doing at the end of games without an offensive line that's coming together. You know, I, I, yeah, you're, you're right about that. I, I thought it was interesting. I saw uh, somebody put a, the last play to KG Osborne on, on, on a video clip online today. And, and they said, if if you if you think uh, Kirk is all about just check down Kirk, look at this. He had Adam Thielen coming across the middle short. It was like second and thirteen, and he could have taken Adam. He's wide open. There was nobody near him. You know, right right in his vision, and he he passed by and, and threaded that one into KJ instead. So it that that's a heck of a decision. That's a heck of a play. It's probably a, a risky decision, but you know he's got the. Uh, the accuracy that can can get that, and we saw that earlier with the touchdown ceiling. But uh, it's are you seeing him uh, his confidence built as this kind of stuff happens week after week? I mean, it, it, does he seem to have a different demeanor? Is he is he you know in the past you you see a guy show up on Monday, you know, just kind of having to go through the motions, you know, with with the media and stuff because of another loss that they should have won or whatever. But it you know. Is is he got a little more swagger? Is is the confidence building? Because it sure seems like it's showing on the field. Well, I think what's you know again, I think what's showing on the field is that he's got the time to do this. He's got the time, to, and and that and he, and he also he he's uh, obviously developing a lot of trust in KJ Osborne, and he, as well he should. Going back to that first uh, first game in uh, Cincinnati where it's fourth and four, Kirk throws that bullet into a small window, and KJ dives and makes that catch. To extend the drive that tied the, that led to the game tying 53 yard field goal, um, he's been doing that. Cage has been doing that at the end of games all year, uh, and he also got a nice little separation there at the goal line. I think Kirk, uh, as accurate as Kirk is, he that was enough separation for him to take that risk and 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 make it less of a risk because of the separation. That I mean, it wasn't a whole, wasn't a lot, but it was just enough where Kirk Cousins can hit that 
hit that play for that touchdown. Uh, as far as the confidence, I, I don't think he ever lacked confidence. I think what he lacks is the ability to deal with guys being thrown at his legs and guys on the edge and that not being able to step up. Uh, he's not that type of quarterback. He's not a type of quarterback. He can get outside the pocket a little bit and, and do some things, but he's not going to do it consistently. And what we're seeing is what's what's building the confidence and creating him right now is that offensive line giving him time to do this. Well, you know, it, there was a little controversy, though. Uh, Zimmer, Zimmer uh, punched him after or did something to him. He said he grabbed him and shoved him after the game and said, you know, you like that, you like that back at him. So, you know, where's the controversy this week? These guys just can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're, when you're winning, you're uh... – yeah, you're you're pretty happy, you know. So, yeah, he he had mentioned that he um I think he got the jump on him first, so he he, he pushed him first. Uh, uh yeah, and, and pretty hard because uh, he really came after Zim uh, against the Lions. So that's right. Well, it sounds like you're kind of itching to talk about the the offensive line. We saw uh, Christian Darisaw for his NFL day starting debut on uh, on Sunday, and it looked like he acquitted himself pretty well. What what are your thoughts on his performance and? Uh, um, it, it sounds like he's just what the offensive line needs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I watch him, I, he looks ready-made. He looks like a first-round draft pick who starts from day one. He just happened to have an injury. Um, it's not too big for him. His body's perfect. For his, if you watch him play, you watch Rashad Hill play. I love Rashad Hill, but Rashad Hill is a – his center of gravity is up around – seems to be up around his shoulders, and this guy – the way he's built, he's stronger, and his center of gravity is just right there. He, you don't see him uh, reaching for guys. You don't uh, see him having to, to lean much. He's just kind of – and this is only in his second game, uh, playing the position. He's not saying he's dominating anyone, but he's it's not too big for him, and he's going to get better. Uh, I, I his run blocking is solid. Uh, the the uh, cut that C.J. Ham made was six yards downfield on that third and one. It came after he followed uh, Darisaw and Conklin to get the first down, an easy first down. And then, you know, 250-pound man puts his foot in the ground like Dalvin Cook and goes the other way. That was a fantastic cut, uh, which is all I was going to write about. When it was uh, when it's a, a two-score game and there's 10 minutes left or whatever it was, or four minutes, uh, I'm writing about C.J. Ham and that cut and how that kind of jump-started the offense. And then all of a sudden – you know, a typical Vikings game unfolds and they they blow the lead. But um, I, I I do like how Darisaw is playing. He's uh, he's better than Hill. I mean, people last week when they were saying, you know, should well he start? Should he start? I was like, why wouldn't he start? He was in, in when they were rotating against the Lions. He was the better tackle, and you know, Rashad Hill got pushed over with one arm by he was off balance, gets shoved over with, on that sack to open up the second half. To me, it was no question who would start that game. It'd be Darisaw. Yeah, it was. It was just great to see. I think we've all been waiting for it uh, uh, since since he was drafted. But uh, let, let's jump over. You know, there was no. Well, first there's there was no sacks allowed. Only Q, three QB hits, uh, and and Alvin Cook quietly had 140 yards in the ground. So it, it was a major improvement. But there were some problems on the line. They had plenty of penalties, and and a lot of it seemed to center around. Uh, Someone you wrote about this week, uh, right guard Uli Odu. Can't even see if that's the right way to say his name. But, Ali, U- Ali Udo, yeah. Ali Udo. Talk about yeah, uh, and talk about the game he had and what's 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 up there. 
Well, obviously, uh, you know, what, uh, when you're not talking about him, it's you know, they do a good job. But when you're talking about him, it's it's when you have a false start like he did, and he had he had three holding penalties, two were accepted. So, you know, that's not good, obviously. Um, but he is, you know, it, there's much more to a game than just those three plays. I mean, he, the way the offensive line played, it, it can't be just one guy doing it well. Like uh, going back to Darisaw, there was there was that 14 yard run, I think, in the third third or third quarter where Darisaw turns his guy. Like he just kind of mauls the guy this way and, and Cook comes right off his, his, uh, his shoulder. Um, but you're seeing like a lot of strength from Udo that you didn't see. Like when you were watching, when we were watching Dozier last year, um, try to, you know, hold, you know, stay firm in the pocket. Uh, you just weren't seeing it. He wasn't strong enough to do it. Udo is a guy that is definitely strong enough to hold up in there and also run block really well. He's and, and Zimmer made reference to this when I asked him a question for that story last week uh, about how he tends to reach a little bit. And uh, it's just his tendency as a tackle. You can maybe you get away with a little bit more inside. You got to keep your arms in. So he's working on that. Uh, so he's, you know, he's only, it's only six NFL starts. So he's, there's definitely a, uh, he's not going to be perfect right away. So he, but he's, he's, a, he's definitely a guy that can, can play at that position, and he'll he'll only get better. Sounds like someone's barking in disagreement. Is that why it? Uh, yeah, out? yeah. The, the neighbor's dog chooses to have the dog barking hour right now. So, right. is uh, is 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 Wyatt Davis not in there for a reason? Then you're you're still high on Udo, uh, despite the the game. Oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm high on this offensive line playing the way it's played uh, to get Kirk Cousins into these situations at end of games. Uh, it, it's not just, you know, the offensive line plays together. It's not, uh, you know, you don't, I wouldn't want to go when they're playing, when they have games like this where Kirk is able to perform like this, I wouldn't want to have like be plugging a rookie in at right guard because someone had some holding penalties. Um, it's not a meltdown situation by any means. It's a, you know, you got to keep playing and get better situation. And, you know, Right now, third, third and you know three and three that you keep that line together and you just keep going forward. So it's interesting and just to hear you talk about you know size. Udo's probably bigger than uh, uh, Davis. Uh, you know, and you were talking about the center of gravity on over on the left tackle situation. Really, that really says you know has a lot to do with how these guys perform. Not only if they're strong or fast or what have you, but the way they're built and and the way they can do you do you see uh, is is uh, Davis uh, uh, got the size and strength and physique to to be a decent lineman in this league? You think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you know, he's, he's a really good player, but uh, he's a rookie and he's not a first round draft pick uh, for a reason. Uh, it took you know Udo was a seventh round or sixth round or whatever he was. Um, he was a project. This. Uh, Davis is pro is not a project, but he's not a plug and play guy either. So like that was kind of assumed on, on uh, draft day, you know, but nobody really knew that Udo was going to move into to guard. So uh, I think they got the guys right now that, that they need to going forward. Um, you know, Davis is a, is a guy for, you know, for the future. Dave, who knows, maybe Davis is a center in the future. Mm, yeah. uh, so that, uh, that uh, Bradbury, um, I think is playing better with the the bigger guards next to him. You know, the guy on his bumpers there. Um, but who knows? Maybe Davis is a guy that plays center down the road. That's a good point. Uh, 
you know, go, moving from the line to some of the, the higher profile guys, Dalvin Cook coming back from injury had one to me was had one of the most quiet 140 yard rushing games I've ever seen. I mean, uh, it ended up being like after, after we saw what, uh, uh, Derrick Henry did last night. He was the third highest rushing total for a running back this this past week, and <clears throat> you didn't even really know what was happening. I, I think they, the the whole offense was so piecemeal, back and forth, going here, going there, and a lot of mix and a lot of balance. That you know, he uh, the lines were opening the holes, and and when he had the opportunity, uh, Delvin was picking up some yards. What do you just what do you think from see from his performance? Well, I saw a guy that was you know. A lot closer to 100% than he was the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that whole game was up and, up until that blocked punt in the third quarter. That was a kind of a sluggish, what, 12-10, uh, whatever it was, game, two-point game. Um, neither offense, you know, obviously the Carolina was horrendous. Uh, and I think Darnold might have been a 0.0 passer rating at that point. Um, but after that block punt, the game kind of came alive. And you saw that next drive is when C.J. Ham had that run on third and one for a 30-yard game, which was the longest play of the, the game up to that point. And then I believe uh, right after that is when Thielen catches a 35-yard pass. And things just kind of came alive. And once it came alive, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Cook you know, got a lot of those numbers in that burst in the second half, which is what we've been – you know, waiting to see for so long is this This offense has been good in the first half, especially the first drives, but you didn't see a lot in the second half. So, you you know, two touchdowns in the third quarter. And then, you know, so, yeah, it was kind of a – it was a – you look up and, and you see the 40 yards. It's And also the team as a, as a whole having 571 yards. I wouldn't have guessed that until I saw the stat sheet. Um, it's like the fourth highest maybe of – either the Zimmer era or ever, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's just how the game went. You know, I, I, I thought if anybody had a, 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 a just not a superlative game, it was uh, uh, Justin Jefferson. He had, he had a drop. He had a fumble. He had a uh, – just, just he didn't seem his usual – Brilliant self and just, you know, running up and down, getting open. And he did, he did get 80 yards, but it was just like, uh, you know, on a, a lot more targets and a lot less receptions. Whereas Adam Thielen had made, caught 11 of 13 balls and, and had this um, just ridiculous touchdown catch, uh, you know, how Kirk threaded it in there and Thielen was with concentration. I, I swear he's got uh uh, hands like frog tongues, you know, the way he, he grabs the balls. And um, so they, he, he had a great game. It was nice to see they, they brought him back into the mix. But even more than that, it was great to see another week where K.J. Osborne shined and uh, that he's really solidified himself as the wide receiver three, had a great game, had a game winner. And I know, I know you talked to him and, and wrote about him this week. What, what, what are your thoughts on how, uh, how K.J. is doing in that spot? Yeah, I mean, it, what what doesn't show up in the stat sheet is uh, how uh, post snap and Kirk Cousins talked about this. Uh, Pre snap, that that touchdown, that route to KJ didn't look good. I uh, said, but post snap, the reaction to the the uh, by the defense was the corner sitting on Jefferson because Jefferson is a great player. The corner kind of hesitating, thinking almost a sh- thinking for sure it's going to go there, and then that 
opens up things for KJ, and they have the trust in KJ now. If you, if you look at the drives, including the, you know, where they had the attempt for the uh, game-winning field goal, he catches two balls on that drive for 16 yards, 16 of the 46 yards that they had. Then they go to overtime, and he catches the third down ball for 13 yards, and then he catches the touchdown. So in those two drives, he has four catches for 56 yards, uh, two first downs and a touchdown. So, you know, Thielen's great. Jefferson's great. But whenever the game gets close and everyone's looking at those guys, here's K.J. Osborne now. And that's uh, that's something we wouldn't ever have seen had, you know, I mean, it's funny how the NFL works. They, they always talk about next man up and we'll go, oh, yeah, right. Well, this guy didn't, didn't play one down as a rookie uh, on offense. Uh, Chad Beebe gets hurt. B.C. Johnson gets hurt. And then you're basically your third receiver who's a tight end, Irv Smith, gets hurt. Suddenly, K.J. is your third, your third target. And it's become, you know, this is why, you know, <laughs> you draft for, you get for depth. And, and uh, you know, we, we may have never thought this in a million years, but, you know, this guy – you know, steps up and does it. So uh, hats off to the, you know, to a day three pick from 2020. There's one guy that you're certainly seeing some confidence build. I mean, he even did the, the Stefan Diggs throw your helmet at the end of, at the end after he <laughs> scored that winning touchdown. Yeah, KJ, it, it looks like it, it's, it's, you know, struggled last year and it just, it just seemed to be, you know, with opportunity comes, you know, if you if you can take advantage of it, comes uh, competence and then confidence. It's it's uh, it's nice to see, and I'm, I'm sorry to say we may be seeing the last of of BB and and BC. You know, who have been, both kind of hung on for uh, several years. Just you know, were they weren't they going to be the third receiver on this team? And I don't know. KJ is trying to make a statement for for his own self there. So yeah, and then you know. Um... These guys don't play forever, so Thielen. I mean, how many how many years he has left? Uh, so yeah, it's uh, this guy. This guy's got a good future, uh, and also Westbrook, I think, has looked uh, pretty good as a as a four receiver. So um, you're seeing, you know, they they were forced to kind of get away from their, their all the tight ends that they played by injury and Rudolph leaving, and uh, I think they're showing that they can play with uh, you know four receivers on the field. Yeah, and, and, and there, I guess Kirk threw it around to seven different receivers on Sunday and really spread the ball around. And, and Adam Thielen mentioned that after in his post game remarks. So it was, uh, I think that bodes well going forward if you can have that many receivers that he can depend on. And Kirk is has always been a guy that's going to look over the field and you know go through his progression, see his reads, and see who he wants to throw to. So if you got guys you can throw to that you can trust to catch it, that's. Uh, that's great to open up things for for a running back like Dalvin Cook, just waiting for the opportunity to get the ball back. And it also helps to have the personalities. Um, you know, Thielen's got a great personality, team personality. Uh, Jefferson, um, so far, has got that team mentality, I believe. Um, Stephon Diggs, not so much. So I was – uh, when Thielen came alive in that year, Stefan Diggs, you know, might have said all the right things in public, but he didn't like it. Uh, so <clears throat> these receivers, you know, they got to be talented, but they also got to work within the team. And I think that they got, I mean, obviously KJ's not going to be, you know, complaining if he doesn't get the ball. Um, but hats off to like say a Thielen if he has a two catch game or whatever and doesn't complain, or Justin Jefferson doesn't get the game winning touchdown. Um, they 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 want to win the game, so uh, 
they've got a pretty good situation going at receiver right now. Not, yeah, it would be nice to to keep it static for a while and keep these guys and just let them get better together rather than having somebody complain and want to leave. Um, on the other side of the ball, the defense had a really good game. I think they, it came against uh, a, a weaker and debilitated uh, offense. As you mentioned earlier, Sam Darnold, he was making us all scratch our heads there for, for most of the game. What what did you uh, – how much credit can you give – the defense for this win. I mean, they, they did not seem – the Panthers just didn't uh, play like they had earlier in the year. And, and uh, the, the defense with a couple turnovers and – or three turnovers that were all timely and all uh, valued uh, uh, really kind of kept them in check until the, the offense in the second half in the third quarter started uh, putting up some, some touchdowns on the board. Yeah, I mean, I think – you know, I said Christian McCaffrey might win MVP just based on his absence and what he's done to that team. But, um, you know, if they're three and oh, we always were all saying that Sam Darnold is turned around and everything. Well, he got, uh, they went three and oh with, with, with McCaffrey. McCaffrey gets hurt. They go 0 and three without him. Um, and they look awful. Uh, the first play of the game, Sam Darnold had his most time to throw. And he's, he's actually moving around, looking around. He could have sat down and thought about it for a minute. Then he turned and he throws late to the corner and, and Brashad Breeland makes an interception there. So, um, you know, he, he played awful from the first snap. And then uh, they get to that when it's, it's fourth and 10 at his own four. And they start, they cut, they, the Vikings, you know, Zimmer even talked about, do I, do we rush and hit this guy or do we play cover? And he's like, well, you know, it's there's two minutes left. Um, if there's two minutes left, and we need to just uh, 96 yards to go. We're going to play cover. Well, they play cover two, and Darnold. One thing he can do is he can. He's got that great arm, and he just threw it over Kendrick's head, and the, the safety Woods couldn't come over in time, so they get a 41 yard reception, and then they came alive after that. So. Um, you know, the guy, he played terrible, but the guy is extremely, there's, there's a reason he was picked where he was. He's got a, a great arm talent and can, can really air it out when he has to. Yes. They put together a 96 yard drive. Just when you think the Vikings, have, all right, you know, they make a great play to, to, uh, to put them down, uh, with a punt down near the goal line. And he said, okay, here we go. This, this game, you know, the defense is just going to continue what they're doing. And all of a sudden, Sam Darnold comes alive, throws a, I think a forty-one yard pass up the middle on fourth down, and and they go up the field ninety-six yards for the tying touchdowns. What the hell was going on there? Well, like I said, they, they, it's on you. It's all you. Come on, yeah. What's going on? Uh, well, I mean, Zimmer, you know, yeah, Zimmer's like, do we do we rush him right there? You know, and maybe maybe end the game with a sack in the end zone or. If you take that chance, then he might that with that great arm, he gets the ball over your head. Um, so you know they chose to like try and bleed it out slowly, and that one pass, and then all of a sudden they're back in the game. Uh, so yeah, it's a Zimmer was pretty aggressive in that game. There were some sacks where uh, there's a great stunt where Lynch got his sack uh, with he and uh, Kendricks had a game going up front. Uh, so Zimmer was aggressive, but in that situation he he wasn't aggressive and. You know, I sort of understand what he's saying. You know, like you don't do a you don't do a cover zero blitz and then have a, a ninety six yard touchdown. Um, but yeah, the defense needs to tighten it up. You know, in in that situation after that, you know, after the after they make that one, then kind of let's you know tighten it up a little bit. 
Yeah, it's it's always a it's always a decision to be made. I mean, if you're gonna uh, overload in one area, you're gonna be uh, exposing yourself somewhere else. And I, I think it's sometimes when we watch the game, we don't take that into consideration. We just expect everybody to be in their position and lined up to to make the play. But uh, if if you got a quarterback that can recognize that and find the open guy, they're gonna they're gonna hurt you, even if it's in a situation like that. Yeah, I don't know how much he can recognize and get, but he, what he's got is a great arm. And in a, in a desperate situation like that, you know, he's going to be able to throw a dart over your, as good as Kendricks is in coverage, that is a hard, hard cover for a middle linebacker 40 yards down the field uh, to be able to get back there. Um, so, and he was closer than a lot of middle linebackers. That's what made, that's what made uh, Brocker, maybe the greatest cover two middle linebacker ever because he was like 10 feet tall and he would go down, uh, he'd be 40 yards downfield with his arm in the air and swatting away balls and uh, obviously great up near the line too. But that's a hard thing for a, for a guy to do. And, and Kendricks is an all pro caliber type middle linebacker and he couldn't get back there in time uh, to make that stop. The defensive line has, has played well this year. They're leading the league in sacks right now. It was 21. They had 23 all last year, and already they have 21 in six games. That's uh, That's got to make a difference for that defense. And and hopefully we'll, we'll move that as we'll talk in a minute about Patrick Peterson's absence. But uh, what, talk about that uh, defensive front and what they're what they're doing for the team so far. Yeah, I mean, it's it's night and day. I mean, they like we, we've talked a few times about that Christmas Day game. It was embarrassing. I mean, and, and – Really, their defensive line was kind of embarrassing from the start. Uh, with Daniil Hunter going out, uh, they bring in uh, Yannick for uh, for a while. He plays six games, and, and they, at this point last year is when they traded him after six games, uh, and he held his lead in sacks. I think with five or six for the entire year. Uh, <laughs> when, so the guy you traded in week six after week six was the guy who led you in sacks at the end of the year. Um, and, and if you also look at those 23 sacks, it's like 126 yards in losses. It was, a, it was a franchise low for sacks and the RH off sacks. Um, they couldn't get anywhere. Um, they had uh, uh, Oda Nigbu uh, at right end, uh, or yeah, right end. And, uh, you know, just uh, the tackles were, you know, subpar. But this year, even now, he, uh, Pierce, it'd be nice if they get Pierce back. Mm-hmm soon because he's a he's an important piece although Armand Watts played really I thought played well on Sunday has had a sack and a strip he's a versatile guy that can play the nose or the three technique uh, but it's it's night and day what their defensive line is now compared to last year and um, Everson Griffin I mean who would have thought that uh, you know he's, he's become more than a situational pass rusher now they do have to and they've said this before Andre Patterson has mentioned it that you got to guard about a guard against playing him too much because you want him around toward the end of the year. But I think right now you're not worried about week 17, 18 snaps. You're worried about getting back in the playoff picture. So if they have to, you know, extend Everson a little bit, they're going to have to do it because he's clearly their second best defensive end. Might be their, might be their best one right now, actually. And so they're going to need a uh, great play out of that, that unit going forward. Cause the, the Vikings lost Patrick Peterson to the IR with a, with a uh, hamstring. Uh, I don't know if it's Paul tear or what's going on there. Maybe it's a, uh, what did they say? Cramps. I don't think so. Uh, no. 
but uh, yeah, they've come out since and said it's a it's a hamstring injury, and so he's out three weeks for sure. Uh, they're talking about maybe coming back uh, for the Packers game, but in the next three weeks, you got the Cowboys, Ravens, and Chargers with all decent quarterbacks there, and and on the back end of that is is Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, how are they going to do with this? Is is it going to be good enough with Breland and uh, Dantzler to to pick up the slack at corner? What what do you what do you see what do you see happening there? Well, it'll be Dantzler, you know, getting the first crack. And I think he has played better than he did early in the year. Um, he did give up a, after Peterson went out. He gave up a completion there on fourth down, the fourth and sixth completion um, on that winning, on that tying drive. So, you know, he's not, he's not your, he's not Peterson. He's not your ideal guy that you'd want in there. But um, I do think, you know, that he's come on, he's played, he's got experience. Uh, you also have a, uh, Chris Boyd, who I think is capable, um, haven't seen him. You know, he's, he's a real good special teams player, although he had a penalty on Sunday. Uh, but he's, he's a capable guy. Harrison Hands coming off the COVID list, so there's some depth there. But yeah, it's going to be a drop off. I think Peterson goes on when a guy goes unnoticed, kind of like Peterson has. Like a, when people are asking, did he play well? Did he not play well? That usually means that they played well because you're not. You no, know, you know the, the mistakes aren't glaring. Um, so I think, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to definitely make an impact. But, it, yeah, well, how you make up for that, especially when you're at home uh, on Halloween night at U.S. Bank Stadium, is the crowd and the pass rush takes takes over, and that makes the coverage a lot easier than you would uh, playing Aaron Rodgers in an empty stadium. Um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about uh, Greg Joseph, the, the uh, place kicker for the Vikings. Uh, he missed two, two field goals that uh, probably could have won it for them earlier had he made one. And, uh, in fact, uh, I don't know if it was the same for the reason why, but they stopped kicking extra points as in, in the game as well. But uh, is is he's going to have good – but he had some good moments because, you know, he he uh, kicked some long – I kicked a long one, I think, uh, late in the game, and he kicked some early. Um is that what we're going to get with this guy, or is 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 he ever going to get really consistent that we can just depend on him? Not Justin Tucker like, but certainly uh, uh, maybe better than we've seen around here in the past, recent past. Well, yeah, he's, he's not Justin Tucker. Uh, Justin Tucker, you know, with this guy, or with a lot of these kickers now, one week you're talking about should they get rid of him. Next week you're talking about how great a kick he made. Um, he's he's a keeper, uh, but you're going to have games where he. Uh, He's not Justin Tucker. And what concerned me more than the two misses was just how badly he missed them, just how wide right they were. I mean, both of them were kind of in the same area, really wide right. Um, that's, you know, something was going on. And they also they had mentioned that the, the wind and that going that direction was a little stronger. You know, I didn't see it with the, the ribbons on top of the uprights, um, but they were saying that it was uh, he was kind of at his, the farthest he could attempt one going that way. So, uh, I would say he's their kicker. He's uh, he's a guy that you know you can't be getting rid of a guy if he misses some kicks, uh, especially when he's making fifty yarders and and he's making ga- he made a game tying one in week one. He made a game winner last week. Uh, so this guy's this guy certainly has been the attention has been on him, unlike probably any other kicker for the first six games of their career. I mean it's. Uh, and that's just the way this year is. It's uh, the kickers are deciding games more than ever before. Uh, I heard someone talking this week that all the misses that he's had have come from when he's on the right hash. I don't know if 
that's for sure. I haven't gone back and looked at the film. Yeah. Maybe that's something the Vikings want to think about. I also heard Zimmer saying nice things despite the despite uh, the misses in the game, still saying nice things about him. So he's probably, probably taking a different approach. And it's kind of like you and I here, you know, the Vikings win, so we agree on everything. So this isn't very good. We're going to have to regroup here now and <laughs> and come back to so see if we can get something we can argue well, about. We, we might have some controversy because I'm about ready to jump out the window and kill this dog over here. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but uh, uh, again, it's not very loud. But, yeah, I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't admit this on air, but uh, the dog's life is uh, it's coming to an end here soon. <laughs> well, we'd love to see that. Yeah, I, that might get us some views. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back with the with the next segment where we're looking ahead to. Uh, to the bye and the week after that and uh, talk about a few more things on Viking Territory Breakdown. Come on back. Welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig, who who uh, if, if he showed his hands, he's probably got some blood on him from just having attacked the neighbor's dog. You know, he's uh, may, at least maybe just put a muzzle on him. We don't want to, we don't want PETA to come after us. So I hope you just put him aside nice because I don't hear him. From I, the- <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep that internal, Joe. Okay, that's probably a good idea. Can't um, talk about that. Yeah. So, so it's the bye week. It's the bye week for the Minnesota Vikings, and you know, even though it, it's pretty early this year, it's you know, it's not too early, but it, it's you know, the Vikings seem to have more often than not one of them in mid to late October. They're always around my wife's birthday, and she thinks it's because it's for her, so I can take the week off. But. I think it's a good week for them. I mean, they got they got a couple of receivers that were banged up. They got uh, Dalvin coming off injury. They lost Peterson, so they can hopefully give him some he- healing time. Um, but you know, and, and as you mentioned, uh, getting uh, Michael Pierce back, so uh, they're not too banged up. But I think it comes at a good time. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I. With with Peterson, it's not a week is not going to help Peterson. Obviously, he's got to be out. He's got to be out three weeks. Uh, you know, I, I think it's good for them to have it, only because you know they fought so hard to get back to three and three. They very well could be, yeah. As we all know, they could be the same situation they were in last week, last year at one and five. Uh, so they they expended a lot of energy to get to three and three, and they got a huge stretch coming up against some really good. You know the Cowboys at home, and then the, going to the Ravens, to the Chargers, and then back home against the Packers. So it's kind of a probably a good time to take a breath. You know, do some self scouting as they do, rest up, and then uh, you know. Although the Cowboys have a bye week this week too, so it's, you're not like you're catching the Cowboys coming off a uh, uh, playing this this week. So, um, but I do think it helps to just kind of regenerate right now for them. You know, you make a good point when you talk about their record, and everybody talks about. They're a couple plays away from five and one. Nobody ever mentions that they're a couple no. plays away from one and five. You know, it's just like as a golfer. I mean, you and I trade back and forth what what we did. We say, "Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I had a I had a thirty eight with an eight, you know, or, or something." Right. You yeah. know, and we we never realized that you know those other ones that we were making power birdie, they could have gone the other yeah. way. Yeah. So yeah, no, no, nobody ever. Nobody, yeah, when you make the forty footer for par, you don't come out and say, you know, I. I could have had a six there, you know. <laughs> it just doesn't happen in the NFL either. Should, should we be uh, should we be concerned about this team that uh, uh, they are 
they are just three and three. I mean, I, they, they, there are times they looked like they could be better. They looked great against Arizona, who's who's six and zero oh, and is a world beater right now. And uh, uh, you know, but and they're not really putting away teams that have lesser records. So you know, what when you look at them in general, what, what are we just supposed to think about for the next week and a half here while we have no game to 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 analyze? Go look at the go out and look at the leaves or something. Yeah, just relax, smell the flowers. Uh, no, but I mean, look at like Cincinnati. I mean, uh, that was a horrendous loss. Oh my God, they lost to Cincinnati. Well, Cincinnati is four and two and they're playing for first place in the best division of football at the AFC North this week. Uh, uh, and then when we start projecting things, it's like uh, the, the Cowboys, you know, like they're going to lose to the Cowboys because Cowboys are five and one. Well, the Cowboys went to, I picked, that was my upset special was New England beating the Cowboys because I thought it would all, it was time for a readjustment of the perceptions in the NFL with the Cowboys. You're uh, close. And other teams. Uh, what's that? You were damn close to getting that one. Right. Yeah. So, and they went and they had to go to New England and play. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely see that with that being a night game, you know, that crowd's going to be, that crowd's going to be liquored up there, Joe. Like a lot of IPAs have been, will have been uh, digested by then. Um, so, you know, that the crowd and the, and the pass rush could, could make up a difference. Um, and then you go to, you go to Baltimore. Okay. So Baltimore, you know, they, they needed a longer, they needed a record field goal to beat the Lions, whereas the Vikings only needed your traditional 54-yard <laughs> So, and then, you know, on the Monday nighter, they're getting completely outplayed by Indianapolis up until the NFL took over and they won the game at the end. Uh, so it's not like the Ravens are just in a, you know, this powerhouse that's going to beat them. And then the Chargers, you look what uh, – uh, what happened to the Chargers this, this week where they, you know, they get shut down out there? Uh, who, I forget who they play as I'm drawing a blank. but uh, The Ravens. Yeah. So, yeah. So, oh, yeah, the Ravens beat them like 36 to whatever. And so uh, the Ravens' defense has been up and down. Uh, the Chargers' offense is not – I mean, Justin Herbert finally looked like a guy that was in his second year. Uh, you know, this guy came out of the out of the college throwing 300-yard games every week, it seemed – and looking extremely good. Well, you know, if, if you play right, you have, you have have a good game. You know, you can win that game. So, and then, you know, it seems like Rogers wins every, and Rogers and Matt Lafleur win every every NFC North game they play. But the one they lost was uh, Zimmer playing with seven rookies at Lambeau Field last year and beating them. So, you know, it's like <clears throat> I think um, I don't know how many people use this quote. I didn't use it, but. Someone asked Dalvin about the you know, Dalvin Cook about uh, the upcoming schedule, and Dalvin said, "You know, they got to play us too." You know, uh, and he's and he's right. I mean, there's the Vikings have a lot to offer that uh, I think when you're when you're sitting there, and you're looking at them really close. You say, "Well, yeah, they can't beat this team. They can't beat that team." Um, but no, I mean, they they got a lot of weapons, and and they showed, and they're starting to show that, that offensively, they got even more weapons. Than we thought coming into the season because KJ Osborne is a guy you have to account for now late in games. So you start looking at KJ and maybe you know, they take a not saying they'll cover double him over one of those other guys, but suddenly if it becomes single coverage everywhere, you know you're going to see Thielen and Jefferson and those guys making plays or Dalvin taking advantage underneath. Um, that's interesting. So you're saying there's there's more of a chance that maybe we're dreading here with this next chunk of the schedule that looks pretty. Pretty yeah, I'm just saying. 
Yeah, I'm just saying that's like, okay, who said, I, let this just take a look at an example of how people thought the first four weeks were going to go. Yeah, that's Beat true. Cincinnati. Remember Arizona, they're not even third or third in their, they're like third in their division. Oh, they got you know, they got to beat Cincinnati, they got to beat Arizona because those are winnable games. Those two teams now have 10, 10 wins between them. Uh, oh, Seattle, they can never beat Seattle. Uh, yeah, well, that's a loss. They come home and they crush Seattle. Uh, and then after that, it was the Browns, and we all knew they were going to lose to the Browns. And uh, but it was a close game, so it's just kind of like this. You know, it's we like to do it, but it it just never seems to unfold the way we all with our we get our pencils in May and we, we follow the schedule. It just doesn't work that way. You know, I, I <clears throat> excuse me before I jump in deeper dive on the on the Cowboys coming up. I I want to ask you. I forgot to ask you earlier. What did you think of uh, Zimmer going for those two-point conversions in the game? Shouldn't he have been taking kicking points that early in the game? Uh, I suppose Zimmer was thinking, you know, it's going to be a low-scoring game with this group because they had a good defense coming in, and Vikings have a pretty good defense coming in. What did you think of those decisions by the head coach? Well, the first one was because there was a penalty. Uh, after Herndon's touchdown catch, there were the, the, uh, the Panthers had a penalty, which puts the ball at the one-yard line, which is a big difference. Um, so they decided to go for it. I hated the call. They showed no, uh, nothing to that point that they could just, you know, hand off and go wrap the middle with Dalvin. Uh, I would have liked to have seen the ball in Kirk's hands or go to have Dalvin on the edge. You know, their best short yardage goal line situ plays are typically when Dalvin's it's a sweep or some sort of outside movement with Dalvin. Well, they just turned and handed to him and he, he hit a brick wall and he tried to bounce it around. And they dropped him, you know, before he get, got to the end zone. So I didn't. Li I like going for it just because it's at the one yard line. Why not take advantage of it? I, I think you play differently when you're facing a Sam Darnold and you assume that he's going to he's going to play like not not be the the best quarterback you face. Uh, and then they just they, but they when they couldn't get it, they chased it the whole way. And then the second one, you know. I forget when that was. It was uh, was it eighteen when when they went up eighteen seventeen, I believe. Um, so now you're trying to get to a back, get it back to a. You're trying to get it to back to a three point game. So right. I, I don't blame them there. But yeah, you once you once you do that early in the game, you kind of chase it, just like when they uh, they lost a game where their um, uh, Joseph missed a, a extra point. They were kind of chasing that one. Uh, so yeah, it's. Uh, when you miss it early, you're going to be chasing them. And uh, a lot of qu people question, you know, they kick two 25-yard field goals in the first early in the game. Um, it's like, well, well, you know, too conservative, right? Well, I always look at who are you playing. If you're playing Peyton Manning or Joe Montana or Tom Brady, I think you got to put your foot down and, and try and score there when you get that close to the, end, to the goal line. When you're playing Sam Darnold without Christian McCaffrey, I'm okay with kicking the field goal. You know, just get some points, especially after that, the first one, <clears throat> because you, you you have an interception on the first play of the game. To walk away with no points on the road with a defense like they have, uh, I think would have been harder to overcome than, than just, you know, taking your lumps and and kicking the field goal and taking your 3 nothing lead. I think so. I think all this uh, – I don't know if analytics – I'm not a bad, big analytics guy, um, but it's like I don't know how – they how they factor in who you're playing or, or you know, where you're playing or, you know, there were, you know there's no, no longer are there any uh, like bad weather games. So it's not like weather, but 
like who it depends on who you're playing at quarterback i think when you make these these risky decisions or if you play conservative you, you talked about uh that that first one the play to dalvin i didn't like to play either and a buddy of mine uh, emailed me this week and said uh, Zimmer's got to develop some kind of uh, option play pass for for Dalvin Cook on those. And I thought that was pretty funny, but I don't think that's coming in anytime too to Zimmer's uh, Zimmer's package. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, well, they uh, last year there were some I think some two pointers or something a goal line plays where they did get Dalvin on the edge real quick. It's not it's like a it's not an option, but it's a it's a pitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it's just something to get him going. Not not just Take advantage of his quickness side to side or take advantage of this quarterback who's playing lights out. Uh, don't just turn and hand it. And if you're going to do that, then maybe why not a quarterback sneak? I don't know. Uh, the other other play that almost got Dalvin killed at four, that six yard uh, was set up perfectly. A six yard loss where he got it, it hit him low and it looked like it was going to hurt his leg. Yeah. Uh, but if you look, go back and look at the replay or if maybe you were watching it live. There's four offensive linemen and one linebacker standing there, and the linebacker just runs around all four linemen. Was, every lineman except for O'Neal was, was standing right there, and the guy just just ran around him right. and killed uh, Cook on a six-yard loss. So not sure what uh, – you know, that's one of those where, the, you know, I didn't like the play call, but <laughs> if they execute it, you know, maybe Dalvin goes for a touchdown. Who knows? Could have, yeah. Um, well, uh, on to the Cowboys, and I got to put up my my bias here before I ask this next question because I can't stand the Cowboys. Anybody that calls himself it, America's team has always uh, got a problem with me. But uh, it, it wasn't a push off, Joe. It wasn't a push off. <laughs> okay, we're, I we're dating. that remark. Now you just throw it off for the rest of the show. And now I got to go and start drinking. We're, we're dating ourselves on that uh, on that reference, I think. So. Oh yeah, but not so much that I've forgotten it because I certainly haven't. Um, anyway, uh, every year with these dudes, the Cowboys, they're back. I don't know if it's Jerry Jones constantly talking about his team or whatever it is, but everybody's for the past. Five six years, the Cowboys are back. Probably because they want them to be back for the for the whole media uh, or the money that revenue it will bring into the NFL and 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 the, the the TV broadcast stations that cover them. I don't know, but it it's possible that finally this year it isn't hype. I I don't know. I, I guess I want to ask you that, but. To be honest, I'm sick of talking about how great the Cowboys are because they didn't show all that much uh, their game against uh, uh, New England, and you rightly should have got the win on that one. That uh, they should have, they should have lost that game, but they somehow came back and got it. What do you think? Is it is it hype? Are are they for? I, I know the uh, line is back, but well, I, I mean, five or six years. I mean, it, the hype for the Cowboys has been since the '70s. I mean, since they were dubbed America's team. And, you know, uh, see, that 1995 was their last uh, Super Bowl, I believe. And their playoff record since then is, I don't know, they haven't won. Maybe, I don't know. i got to look it up. But maybe two two playoff games, whatever. How about uh, them Cowboys? Yeah. So, they, you know, they, they do kind of force feed us to watch them a lot. Uh, if you're not, if, you, if you're just watching regularly, if you just have regular cable or regular, if you don't have any NFL package, you know, you're forced to watch a lot of Cowboys. Well, you know, I, I do like how they're playing this year. And I do think that they showed uh, – I'm more impressed by that New England game than you are because I 
I saw it as a game where, okay, if the Cowboys aren't good, then they're going to lose this game. Well, they did what it took to win that game. They're, they're, they're trailing at halftime at Foxborough. I know it's not the same uh, Patriots team, but it's still Bill Belichick with a really good defense. Uh, Belichick at home was when he has the lead at halftime was like 109 and three. Uh, now he's 109 and four because the Cowboys came back and, uh, and Dak threw for like 445 yards. The most that Belichick defense has ever given up. Um, so yeah, I guess I was, I mean, even though I picked them to lose, I picked them to lose. Maybe that's why I'm more impressed with the fact that they won because I just saw that as one of these NFL games where, you know, the NFL will, it just corrects itself as it goes through the season. Typically, it's like I thought for the same reason why the Cardinals I thought would lose in Cleveland. I thought you know it's just time to kind of everyone kind of gets toward the middle. As, as if you get too good, you're uh, you're you're crowned early, and then you come back down. And same as if you're playing a team that's not as good, they seem to rise. Um, but the fact that the, that the Cardinals and the Cowboys won those games. Uh, especially the Cardinals and how they won that game uh, tells me a lot about those two teams. And I think, you know, the, the Vikings obviously played, played the Cardinals pretty well. I know that defensively the numbers, you know, were 400 yards passing or whatever, but uh, that's Kyler Murray and they were in position to win that game. And I, I, I do think the Cowboys are kind of a rolling. Uh, they can, they can pass the ball. They can run the ball. Uh, they'll be a hard out. <laughs> they'll be a hard team to beat. But uh, I came away a little more impressed by that win and what they've done so far than, than you are. What uh, What do you think of their defense? They, you know, they, they got the high-powered offense. You know, we got uh, Ezekiel Elliott and the two receivers, C.D. Lamb and, and Amari Cooper, that are going to be trouble for our, our slightly hobbled uh, secondary. Um, so we know about those guys. It, it, Dak Prescott has a calf injury, but he'll probably – he's got a week off here. He'll probably be better by that time. But – what about their defense? The Vikings have played some tough defenses so far this year, and they've done pretty good against them. They've been in those games against them. Cleveland, for one, this this one, uh, this past weekend. Uh, do the Vikings match up a little bit better there with the with the Dallas defense, you think? Well, if, if I'm Kirk Cousins, I don't throw it anywhere near Diggs' little brother because that guy, not only does he have nowhere to be, I know, I know he gave up a touchdown after he had a pick six, but – not only does he know where to be, he knows how to catch, and he knows how to move once he gets the ball. Uh, you watched that pick six last week or on Sunday. I mean, that it's almost like he knew exactly where to go. He even he jumped over, he gets the interception, he jumps over a guy, and he's gone. And, uh, you know, he's got seven interceptions in six games. It's amazing. You know, NFL record, which has stood since, like, 1957, is 14 interceptions. Um, you know, this guy, he's got one and he's got at least one in every game. He's got two pick sixes. I believe he might be the first NFL player either ever or in the Super Bowl era to have seven through six games and multiple pick sixes. So if you look at how they played, I mean, last year, let's face it, Mike McCarthy uh, didn't do himself any favor when he brought, you know, Mike Nolan out of Mike Nolan hadn't coached in years. They brought him back the last year as defensive coordinator. It was horrible. They were horrendous defense. Uh, and it, you know, then Dak got hurt and it was a, just a lost season. Well, you know, what they got going on now defensively is, uh, is a big turnaround. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're better. And then they got, and when you get a playmaker like Diggs uh, doing what he's doing, 
you know, they're not the best defense in the league, but they are far from where they were last year. Yeah, he's uh, uh, he's going to threaten Paul Krause's record if he keeps up this pace, right? <laughs> yeah, he's got, got a long way to go for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the more amazing in a passing league, uh, obviously the, the teams pass more than they've ever passed before, but you can tell how the efficiency of passing has, has just – on leaps and bounds forward in decades since Paul had that, that record because the active leaders, you know, like in his, in the twenties and, you know, Paul Krause had 81 interceptions and that's, if you want to talk about an unbreakable record, I mean, that that's a record that I think will never be broken. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, one of my favorite stories about that is back in the day when, at, when I used to go to watch the Vikings in Mankato and it was the preseason training camp down there. And, and, uh, Cross was at the end of his career just hanging on and he's playing way back in center field, you know, and all of a sudden someone throws overthrow and Krause picks it off. And one of his teammates yells out that ties it. Cause he was one short of the record at that point. Yeah. And they were just trying to get him to move on and retire, but it was kind of funny at the time. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know what I'm, I, I'm not picking the Cowboys, even though, you know, they could very well uh, beat the Vikings. You're not going to hear me do that. So I, I think at home, like you were talking about earlier, uh, I think the Vikings have are starting to build a little confidence, build a little uh, momentum, maybe, and hopefully getting rested up. And uh, their offense is going to be, I think, a little uh, problematic for the Cowboys. But uh, they just got to shut down Dak and Zeke and the boys, and and I, I think they can sneak away with a win. How about you? So we got to make a prediction this week. Well, yeah, I mean, we're uh, will you be golfing next week, next Tuesday. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, yeah, what the heck? I, I, I'll go early. Uh, it's an early. I mean, this may change by the time I uh, rethink it for the for the wow. paper. But uh, you know, I, I, I'll probably go with the same situation. What I've been saying is that you know, I think the cowboy, you know, Cowboys have now won five in a row. Um, you know, where it's played, when it's a night game. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I do think the Vikings will win this game. Uh, now. What will they do after that? You know, to me, if you win this game, that's great. But then if you go and you lose three straight, it doesn't mean anything. So um, I think this is a game where, yeah, where the the NFL world get kind of gets readjusted and the Cowboys move a little notch closer to the pack. And all of a sudden, now you're talking about the Vikings, you know, moving up. I mean, if you look at with, with – you got 17 games, and you, now you got seven, the second year of seven playoff teams – uh, the Vikings right now, three and three, are sitting in the seventh spot. I mean, they're they're kind of threatening to do what the Bears did last year. The Bears, you know, basically um, close to firing your coach and getting ready your your quarterback, but can't do it because you got to go play a playoff game. You know, so uh, there'll be a day probably when when a six and ten team makes the playoffs and the and the coach has there's an interim coach for the for the playoffs because it uh. He will have been fired between the playoffs and the end of the regular season. So this is what the NFL wants. They want to play more games. They want to let more people in. Uh, so you don't have to be a great team to get to the playoffs. Really, you don't have to be a, you don't have to be a great team to win at all. You got to be a hot, a good team that's hot at the right time. But definitely don't have to be a great team to make the playoffs. You just got to make sure your goaltenders. Uh, standing on. Yeah, that's. Yeah, just get a really big goaltender, Andre the Giant. Set them right in front. Well, that'll do it for the end of this segment. So we'll be coming back for one more segment inside the NFL, which is a little more important this week since we don't have a Vikings game to watch. So come on back for that.
Welcome back to Vikings Territory with myself, Joe Oberly, and Mark Craig. And I'm looking at this setup here, and I can see that uh, the light is with me, and you are from the dark side. You're just a little bit darker on my camera here. And yeah, I I can't. you are not my father, Mark. Uh, Joe, Joe, if there's one thing I've learned during the Zoom era, there's nothing I can do with my camera can make me look better. So I've just, I've just, whatever it is, it is. We had Orson Welles a couple weeks ago, and now we've got yeah, uh, now got Darth I, Vader. Yeah. Darth Vader, who likes to uh, maim neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't hear him barking. Any, you don't hear him barking anymore, do you? <laughs> I do not. Uh, Mark, uh, we've got to start with the Packers again. They uh, they had a battle with the Bears, and it's always a battle. It doesn't matter where those teams are. They 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 seem to duke it out because there's no love lost. The greatest, oldest rivalry. In the sports, I would say the Vikings-Packers one is more heated now, but uh, that's uh, another argument for another time. Um, I, I think Aaron was pretty fired up for this one. He, he, uh, after, he, after he ran in that final touchdown and he said to the crowd, I, I've i owned you my whole life, you know, with a – I think he had a – some- So so what what'd you think of that? What, uh, Packers are, are, you know, got a two-game lead on both the Vikings and the Bears in the division. So, uh, yeah. Um- uh, I write for tomorrow's paper. I might even be out now. I said, Aaron Rodgers has put the I in team because he said, I own you, and which he does. He, he owns them. But he also, he also, uh, yeah, I, he's a guy whose cockiness matches his ability, his, uh, his football ability. So uh, it was a quarter of the week. It was fun. You know, it's uh, uh, it was prompted by someone shooting him a double bird in the end zone. Some, some woman had shot him a double bird. And uh, so he, return fire and I, I I'd like to remind the whole NFC that he owns he owns the whole division because if you look at there's a stat and uh you know the Packers do a great job with it. it's called the dope sheet that they put out every week they've been doing it since the 20s it's a it's their their PR release every week and it takes two two or three pages to to, to tell all how dominant uh Aaron Rodgers is uh, against the division and there's like in 69 games against the NFC North in games that he's thrown at least 15 passes and not had his collarbone broken by Anthony Barr. They are 53, 15 and one. And it's, so they're 23, including playoffs are like 23 and five against the bears, uh, like 20 and three against the lions. And, you know, the Vikings are the one that's, uh, the closest, but it's like 15, eight and one. So killing me small. Yeah. So, uh, but, but, you know, the Zimmer haters, uh, you know, he's like seven, four and one against Zimmer's teams when he's, when he's not had his collarbone snapped. Uh, so when he starts and not has, doesn't have his collarbone snapped. So uh, and Zimmer's, Zimmer's the one, you know, that went, you know, like I said, they'd be, he and Matt LaFleur would be 14 and oh against, uh, against NFC North teams, but Zimmer went in there and they pulled that upset uh, last year at Lambeau, and it was one of only three losses that, that the Packers had. So he owns them all. He just probably doesn't own uh, – there's a little piece of Minnesota that uh, is still fighting back. So it's basically uh, up to the – and he's got a two-game lead now uh, going into week seven. So it's kind of up to the Vikings. I don't think the Bears have the juice to do it. So – uh, he's going to win an eighth NFC North title unless the Vikings can come alive here. Or unless they can uh, – well, Anthony Barr's back. They put that uh, snapping of the uh, 
uh, you know, the bone back in the, in the plate. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers thought it was on purpose. So anyway, uh, yeah. Arizona and Cleveland, your thoughts, Mr. Mr. Ohio. Well, I might've changed my pick if I, if I would have realized that the entire Browns uh, roster was out for the game, uh, both tackles out for the game. Uh, Nick Chubb was out. Hey, you can't like Sid Hartman used to say you can't lose, and then he would list all the players that were out. So it would take a long time to list all the Browns that were out or lost in that game. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good win for uh, for the for the Cardinals. And, and I, preseason, the Cardinals were kind of my surprise pick. So it's it's in print, so you can it, there's evidence of it somewhere. Um, I just feel like it's it's uh, it's good year for them now they could go on and lose every game now the rest of the way but i just like how they play i love their offense uh and they were also missing obviously missing their their head coach with covid and uh uh chandler jones i believe was out with covid so they weren't exactly 100 percent either so that's a that's a big win you know they're the last undefeated team in the league and uh i think that i forget who they play this week but uh you know they're gonna i think they're gonna i looked it up but they're they're going to be seven and zero, I think. So, you know, who, who would have thought the Cardinals? I mean, the last time they were six and zero, they were they were in St. Louis, and the last time they were six and zero before that, they were in Chicago. So, wow, uh, it's uh, three six and zeros in a uh, hundred years over three cities. So, it's something that's pretty unusual in uh, for the Cardinals. I know you throw out those uh, injury excuses for your for your brownies, but I think if we rewound this, I think you just said that the Vikings beat the Packers in Lambeau with seven rookies starting. So I don't know if that's true. Not starting. Not starting. Seven rookie defenders, yeah, at now, some point during that game. And then that's when Harris was playing uh, nickel, nickel corner by the end of that game. Uh, last night, Bills and Titans. I thought that was great fun. I was uh, just happened to be – Playing my son in fantasy football, and I had Diggs and and uh, 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 Henry uh, Derek Henry going for me, and he had nobody in a big lead, and so it was <laughs> great, great fun to watch that disintegrate and beat him. Uh, and that, and that's yeah. another game. That's another like NFL correction. I, I just I don't know what else to call them, but NFL correction games where everyone thinks the Bills are going to win, everyone thinks the Titans are done, and I so I picked the Titans to win. Um, you know, I, as much as I love Frazier and I wanted to see him win, you know, uh, I just felt it was, it's time. It's time for the Bills to, to lose and the Titans to kind of reassert who they are. So it's, it's probably based more on just like emotion and like when someone's, you know, way up here, they tend to, you know, be overtaken by someone who's on their way back up. So this game is just not played on paper. It's just, uh, this is a lot of, it's a, it's an emotional game. Um, it's a, I, I definitely believe in bounce backs until like, uh, when the lion, you know, the lions have probably reached the point where you, you don't, you don't pick them before because they, they, they're going to bounce back or whatever. Uh, but early in the year when the lions were, you know, when you're making your picks and you're going, well, you know, I don't know, they played this team well and they might have some, you know, you reach a point where, you know, the bounce back dies out because it's zero and six or, you know, to me, it's, it's just a lot of this, the NFL, unless you're, we just haven't seen a team like in a long time that you're just like, wow, they're going to, they're going to line up and they're going to beat someone every week. They're going to threaten 
15, 16 wins. Uh, you just don't see a whole lot of that. Um, what did you think of the the final play? If you saw it, uh, the 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 uh, Bills were moving in for the for the go ahead touchdown or the tying field goal, and they were fourth and uh, one at the two. They could have got a first down. Uh, two yards is a touchdown, and uh, instead of kicking the field goal, send it to overtime. They run a quarterback sneak, and Josh Allen slips, and he's ta- he's tackled short of both the first down or or the touchdown, and they lose the game. It was quite amazing, and very dramatic. It was you know it, it avoided yet another overtime game in this uh, thus young season. So, what, what do you think of that call and and how it turned out? Yeah, that's where the analytics tell you to do certain things. But yeah, he, he did slip, right? That yeah, there was a slip. Um, you know, you got to factor in like, okay, he's a big quarterback. Um, they can, you know, they've done this up to this point, but there's always that possibility of it. maybe the snap is not not cl- clean or or you slip or whatever. You know, I you know, I kicked the field goal. <laughs> I don't. I, the longer I'm watching the league and the more you hear analytics there, the older I feel because I'm like, I, I take the field goal um, and then put it into overtime. I, I read somewhere too, and I kind of agree with you because uh, the uh, Bills were the better team. So go to overtime, regroup, and then and then prove it. I mean, I, I think they scored, probably had more yardage than than the Titans did. The Titans were just kind of slugging back and hanging on, had a, had a 76-yard touchdown from Henry that came out of nowhere and was kind of a fluky lucky play because the rest of the time he he didn't have a whole lot after that but uh uh yeah i i would agree with you you know kick the field goal and uh and try your luck in overtime because you they got such an offense going in a bad Well, I'm not sure where he went, so we'll we'll just wait oh. and see if he pops back on. But we we were so close. I know. <laughs> Maybe he just went to his uh, tea time. Yeah, really. He might not know he's done, right? You no, know? I'm back. I I, oh, here he is. I I asked the question. I don't know if you heard me. Hold, hold on. Let me get back off, and then you can uh, you can pick. It are up. You, wait, wait, are you sure? I mean, because I did not see the end of that game. I'm just go based on what you're saying. So there's definitely, if you, if, the, if they would have kicked the field goal, it would have overtime. Okay, All right. Because I, I was in and out, and I kind of woke up when it was like they were talking about it right at the end. So I didn't want to. So we wanted to make sure that's what. So I'm not blathering on about something. Oh, they go. Oh, you're right. You're right. And I yeah. agree with you. I don't know if you did. You hear my answer, uh, Mike? Yeah, we heard your answer. Then you went to ask another question and cut out. So if you just want to pick up there. All right, I'll, I'll ask the question again. I uh, I was just going to talk Jacksonville getting off the Schneid. If you saw that game, okay, so. I'll hop off and <laughs> keep going. You can start whenever. Okay, I didn't. I was okay. I had to wait for that. <laughs> no, no it, I'll just splice it back in. All right. <clears throat> Mark, a couple more questions before we got to get out of here. Uh, Jacksonville got off the Schneid over in London. 
I uh, finally got a win, leaving the Lions as the only un, unwind team, unwon team. I'm not sure how you would say that. Uh, anything to talk about there? Do you care? I, <laughs> Urban well, I, I don't know. Or got a win? Yeah. Yeah, poor London. I mean, another week of, of what London gets, gets to watch. I, I, give, I give London or the NFL, or however they put people in the stands over there, uh, they seem to do it. I, I didn't notice the crowd, but I assume that they had a decent crowd. I would think that London would get be getting tired of this by now. It used to be like a big festival, and they'd all wear their different jerseys. And maybe they still do that, but, boy, they're getting fed a lot of garbage. Um, you know, it, it, I, if I'm Miami, I'd be uh, feeling pretty bad. Uh, you know, I, Jacksonville, you know, they could have beaten the Bengals. They, had the, they, they dominated the Bengals. And, uh, if they, they went in to score a touchdown uh, right before halftime against the Bengals to go up, they could have gone up 21 uh, but they got stopped. And then uh, the Bengals got the ball to start the second half and then just the snowball effect, and they lost on a last-second field goal, of course. That's how all NFL games are decided now. Um, but, yeah, we're watching it in the press box. It's kind of kind of nice to have that for that 9.30 game to see, but uh, that's what the NFL wants. They want to probably – just play around the globe where you'll have a game at 6 a.m., 9 a.m., noon, 3, 6, 9, uh, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, I don't know if, I guess it's a good win for Jacksonville just because you were, they were getting within striking distance of the, the 76, 77 bucks. So they were within six games of, right. of that record. So, so when you lose 20 in a row, I suppose it's, it's, it's a good thing that you win once in a while. Yeah. Uh, Hire obviously is not. I mean, that's kind of a joke hire because he's not going to be around past this year. If he gets to the end of the year, uh, that would be a miracle. I don't blame him for taking whatever money they threw at him, but you know that's just kind of a ludicrous hire for the for the Jaguars because it has no future whatsoever. Uh, he has he's not going to be here next year or, or long term, so uh, don't really get that one uh, that hire. Uh, and I'd be feeling really bad if I'm Miami because it's just, you know, it doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah, and they were, they were, had some hopes coming into this season. You know, and, and the NFL wants to get a whole slate of games over in London, and now they're talking about Mexico City. And I don't know. It, it, I, I do like the early game, uh, something to do on Sunday morning, after Mass, of course. And, uh, um, you know, you guys have Mass on in the press box, don't you? Don't I'm sure you do. <laughs> and... Um, so I, I do like that aspect of it, but you know, the games are usually somewhat inconsequential and it's just, I don't know. It's they're bad. Yeah. You know, they, they, they can be good games. It's just bad teams. And yeah, that's what, when the NFL added that third game on Thanksgiving, I mean, that's people like that, but you know, for me since 1988 or 89, I've, I've watched Christmas vacation on Thanksgiving Eve. So NFL could have two undefeated teams and I'm still watching Clark on, uh, <laughs> And the Lions game, I don't know. I can't remember. Other than the, the time the NFL sent us to Detroit two years in a row for Thanksgiving, right. I, I, I haven't paid attention to, to Lions on Thanksgiving in a while. So generally I'll be watching that Cowboys game and whoever they play uh, until I fall asleep. Uh, but, yeah, it's that they, they want to be able to play. They would love to be able to play twice a week and have a, games around the clock. So, uh they, they, but they have managed to make everyone believe that, you know, there's a draft season, there's a free agency season, uh, and that there's a 24-7, 365 season without playing games. So they still get their wish. Everyone on a, you know, spindle all year long. But uh, yeah. that's 
But yeah, they they won. They they would love to have that uh, that nine thirty game every week, and they they'd almost love to have every game every week have a game in London uh, or put a team there. Well, I remember you know whenever the Vikings were over there the first time, and Jared Allen was asked about it, and you know people don't realize all all that goes into like going over there, just just how taxing it is. Just to go and watch the game, I can't imagine go and like play the game. Uh, and remember Jared Allen saying, "Heck, I wouldn't sign here if they, you know, for any amount of money, you know, to come, you know, to come play over there." Um, so I don't think they'll ever get a team in London, at least not anytime soon. Uh, they've been it's been a you know kicked around for years, but can't see that happening at all. Yeah, you probably don't need to watch the uh, Lions this this Thanksgiving either. The way they're playing, probably not. Um, I might watch. Uh, I might, I might watch Christmas Vacation twice this year. There you go. Do you uh, have any plans? What you or Do you see anything coming up on the schedule this weekend without the Vikings playing that you're going to focus on? I mean, if certainly you want to check out any uh, NFC North games that are being played. I, at least I do. But a- anything else uh, tickle your fancies or, or just whatever is showing on the tube? Well, Thursday, you know, the Browns and the Broncos. I'll be it. That might be Case Keenum. That might be Case Keenum playing. I mean uh, – Baker Mayfield at left shoulder keeps getting ripped out of his out of its socket. Uh, short week, uh, so then the Broncos are they were three and zero. Now they're three and three and looking terrible. So that'd be a, a, a game that I'll like. Uh, and then uh, you know, see the Bengals play the the Ravens for first place in the AFC North. Uh, you know, the, the Bengals are the Bengals ever are announcing that they've arrived, and the and the Ravens are kind of announcing, hey, we're not going anywhere. Right. So because you know, for years we've watched. Uh, you know, people have watched Baltimore and Pittsburgh fight it out. Uh, well, I think the you know the Bengals are going to get involved here because I, you know, that offense is exciting. Uh, that you know, Burrow to Chase uh, combination is fantastic, but I think their defense is underrated. Uh, you know, the Vikings had a taste of that defense. Uh, it's they're not bad. They're, they're definitely not Cincinnati like. So kind of fun to see a new some new blood. Uh, in a big game, that's a, that's probably the game of the week because that's the two uh, a five, you know, going for first place in the AFC North. That's a you know, division, you know, big game in that division. They should have beat the Packers a couple weeks ago, and I'd be more happy about talking about the Bengals. But whatever. Um, well, I uh, I just want to say we we won't be back next week because there won't be any Vikings game to analyze. But uh, we'll be back in two weeks to. Uh, uh, talk about uh, the Halloween game between the Cowboys and the Vikings, which should be very exciting, a very good game and uh, fun to talk about. Um, I want to make sure all of our listeners and uh, watchers or what have you know that there were no dogs injured in the making of this podcast. I especially want yeah. Pete to know that. So we kid, we kid. But uh, I, don't hear I don't hear him barking anywhere, so <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I hope not, because they'll be sending people your way very, very soon. Um, but thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out, and I hope you continue to do so. Uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for Mike Woldem for, for the production in the background. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks when we uh, start it up again, and and uh, hopefully it's another win three in a row for the Vikings. Thanks, and, and talk to you then. Skull.